What's up, everybody? This is your host, Josh. And this is your host, Rail. Welcome to Econics Talks. This is our podcast, and we're going to be talking about different lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. Welcome back to Econics, guys. I have a, a great guest. I mean, one of the homies he grew up with, actually, he grew up with Donald Rell. And just want to welcome him. You know, this is DJ Black Boy. Um, what's up, what's he up? has an amazing resume. And I want him to introduce himself and kind of tell, just tell us a, just a little bit about yourself and just, you know, your history, what you've gone through and everything. Uh, well, my name is DJ Black Boy. Uh, most people know me by Denzel. I, uh, I'm a professional DJ. I tour around the world, actually, uh, and I do some uh, music production as well. But um, I'm more so known for my DJ work. Uh, I've been on the road with uh, Saha the Prince, uh, 24 Hours, Travis Porter, and a bunch of other people. Right now, I'm on the road with uh, Playboy Cardi and uh, done a few tours with him. Been with him for like two years now, and uh, Right now, I'm also focusing on doing, you know, my own events and stuff around the city and hopefully looking to take these events outside the city as well. So for the most part, I'm a uh, I'm in the music industry on an entre- entrepreneurship type thing. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up. So tell us how you got started, man. Um, <clears throat> Well, I was in. I think I was in a freshman hall one day. And uh, I had got a call that, t- well, before that, I was in college then during summer school and I was trying to get a job, work, studying, stuff like that. Didn't work out how I wanted it to. So I just picked up and started DJing after home was like, yo, you can make some money like that. I put some, you know, connections together for you. So uh, I started doing like house parties and stuff like that, doing apartment parties, you know, stuff for free. And then eventually started getting paid for it. And, uh, and then after that, uh, you know, uh, I just started making some networking uh, connections and eventually uh, linked up with the right people. And from there, just took my career to the next level. I was in a freshman hall one day, not a freshman hall, uh, I'm sorry, a uh, study hall one day. And uh, somebody came through and was like, called my phone, say, yo, got an opportunity for you. I took it. And that was how I got my side, how the Prince move. Uh, they came in see how I DJ, see if I was pretty good and stuff like that. And been on the road with him a few times. And then from there, just started going up. So let me tell y'all a little story. I remember the first time I met Denzel and we were, we were all in college. Um, Denzel went, you went to Georgia state, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Denzel was at Georgia state, me and Donnarell, we were at Morehouse. So Donnarell hit me up like, Hey bro, my homeboy. He's uh he DJing this house party. Let's go let's go see what, see what it's about. I'm like, all right. I'm like, we get in free. He's like, yeah, we get in free. <laughs> so we go to the house party. Denzel got like one speaker. He got like his laptop, and then like he was doing his transitions. He had just started out. His transitions weren't even tight, bro. Yeah. Literally, I'm telling <laughs> you, six months later, six months later, like down the road, be like, hey, bro, you remember that dude? Remember Denzel when we went to his house party? I'm like, yeah. He was like, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, he going to Europe. 
He touring with Saha the Prince and Big Sean. I said, what? Yeah. Man, that, so tell me what, tell me how, like, because that was, like, the biggest break, like, ever. And then you, mm. but you put in the work for that. You earned that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me like how that came about and like how that because you had to make a decision. You you had to decide like are you gonna keep staying in school or are you gonna take this opportunity? So tell us a little bit a little bit about that. Uh yeah, man. I was like doing a lot of traveling and also having to balance that with uh being in school. It became a challenge to me because, you know, not being able to put your hundred percent focus into school how you wanted to. I couldn't really focus on so my grades didn't really reflect everything, but uh Eventually, you know, I just said I need to make this decision if I'm going to leave or not. So I went ahead and said, forget school. And uh, I just really put it to the side. One day I hope to finish. But it was just one of the opportunities where I was like, I can't let it pass up because so I was like, you know, I understand you got school and stuff like that. But, you know, opportunities like this don't really present themselves like that. <clears throat> it was like, I understand that, you know, you want to do school and stuff, but, you know, we would need somebody a little bit more on demand, you know what I'm saying? And if it was somebody else that was available, they would have had to give them the job. So I was like, man, I don't want to lose an opportunity like this. I've been doing music for the longest. So I knew what I wanted to do. It was crazy because I was a senior in college at the time, but it was like I had to make the decision. So I just said ahead, went ahead and said, forget it. Were you stressed out during that decision-making process? Oh, definitely definitely stressed out i was scared because i was like what if this doesn't work but i think that fear factor in me brought out a survival uh instinct that made me come out on top you know what i'm saying like it made me be able to uphold you know you know up part up to part standards and stuff like that and a you know a nice level of professionalism with that and you know everything else that comes with it i know what i'm doing with you know the equipment knowing how to fix stuff and just knowing all around what i'm doing you know i think that helped out with me just wanting it so bad so that, that's, that's what's up man that's me. what's up yeah so tell us about because you know i obviously I, i've known you for a while yeah and originally originally you know obviously we played football together uh-huh. you know um when you first got into music, you were, you know, you were rapping, you know, making yeah. beats and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, we were in Athens. Obviously, you chose to come to Atlanta. What made you choose to, you know, leave Athens and, and come to Atlanta? Uh, I've honestly felt like the resources in Athens at the time weren't really there for me. And I just knew I, I just had this feeling inside of me that I knew whatever it is that I wanted. It was in Atlanta. I know that sounds cliche, but I just knew the success that I wanted. It required me having to get out of my comfort zone and going to a new place. I was, you know, I had support in Athens, but, you know, of course, some of it may have seemed a bit biased because, you know, the relationships you have with people. And then you just have the other half that just don't support you at all. So, you know, you can't really make it too far when you just got your family and friends supporting your music. I mean, it's cool, but. You have to get people that don't know you liking your stuff as well. That'll take you somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I needed to go win over people with my personality. And it was just new people I knew that would have attracted to my, you know, personality and everything that I had to come with it. So that's why I just decided to make that decision. And I just decided to leave. That was why. Yeah, because it's crazy, like, how it happened. Because originally... You know, you went to Albany State. You was trying to yeah. play football. 
Yeah. And then you went to Georgia State to play football. And mm. I mean, what happened with that? Like, why didn't you, you know, just continue playing football? Uh, Well, honestly, well, I still had, I felt like I still had something in me because, you know, when I was in high school and I just felt like things didn't go how I wanted them to. So <clears throat> I was like, I want to try take another shot at, you know, trying to do this sports thing. And so uh, I just went ahead and uh, tried it out, walked on to uh, Albany State, made the team, and then that's when I saw Georgia State. Well, I knew Georgia State had that team. I just knew I wasn't going to make it on that inaugural team. So I just went ahead and went up to Georgia State, transfer, you know, <clears throat> trying to make it work. <clears throat> Unfortunately, when I transferred from Albany State to Georgia State, the transfer credits didn't go how, how I planned them to. I was on top of things, but, you know, unfortunately, things that were on the website were outdated. So just didn't make sense. And they was trying to tell me to dumb it down, change my major to something that could, you know, guarantee me to be on the team. I'm like, yeah, I, I can be on the team or I'm going to play. I just didn't think the success rate of the uh, the sports pursuit, you know, specifically football, it just – it started to uh, go in a different direction. And, you know, the music is just something that's always been there because I, I still have some of the equipment I had back when I was in high school. So it, it's always been there. So I just went back to it because I knew that's what, what I really wanted at the end of the day. What was your major in college? What did you study? Uh, when I was at uh, Albany State, I was a marketing. And then when I transferred to Georgia State, I changed my major all the way over to kinesiology. Dang. Now, let me ask you this. Do you use any of that today? Mm, well, no. When I was uh, – when I, I took some business classes at uh, Georgia State, and it just gave me a little bit of know-how on, like, how to handle situations, you know, legal situations. Uh in the, I took a few music classes when I was in college as well. It just made me understand music on a different level, you know. So some of that stuff applied to it, but, you know, it's just like if you end up going to Jeopardy, you may know a few answers. That's really all it is to me. Right. <laughs> so what are some of the biggest myths about the music industry? Um, It's so many myths. It's... The biggest one is that whatever you see, like you think, you know, success comes from uh, signing a record deal and half of the time it could be one of the most wrong decisions you could make in your, you know, career. And then you have <clears throat> another myth that, you know, people ain't making money. That's another thing. You, you, you can make money in the music industry. You just have to understand the business thoroughly, such as understanding what publishing is, understanding, you know, how percentages are broken down and how streaming money works. Like, I mean, we live in a whole different age nowadays and everything's just not off of, uh, you know, physical sales like they used to be. The only thing that you're really getting physically anymore are, you know, the concerts, the performances, the tours and all that stuff. That's really the only thing you can buy and physically witness and experience, you know what I'm saying? Okay, cool. So how did you, how did you learn the business side? Just being around uh, people that I knew were uh, experienced and been in the music industry for years, just being around them, listening to the conversations, 
when they have lunches and dinners and stuff like that, sometimes, you know, I would be asked to come along just to be around and meet the people. And you, you know, you be around people a certain amount of times and you're hearing them talking about certain things. I mean, like if you put somebody in another country, they're going to learn that language, you know, over time. They're going to learn what, you know, you're saying. So being around those people. How long have you been DJing? I've been DJing since 2011. Okay. So you've been at this for, that's what, eight years? Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Um, what do you love about DJing? Since you've been DJing for a while, obviously it's something that you've, you know, you're very passionate about. Yeah. So what, what makes you continue to DJ? Cause you got a lot of, man, in college, everybody was trying to be a DJ. Yeah. I mean, I can name so many you know, <laughs> DJs at Morehouse that was trying to DJ yeah. <laughs> and then they thought they were doing something. Yeah. And then like a couple months later or the next year, they, you know, they sold all their equipment. They stopped mm-hmm. doing it. Exactly. What is, what has kept you going in, in the business, in the industry? Uh, it's just something that I've, it's, it's so crazy because I never thought of myself becoming a DJ <clears throat> when I first started. Like I, you know, like me and Donnarell was doing music. I wanted to be a rapper. I wanted to be a producer, engineer, all that stuff. I didn't remotely think about DJing, but I had the equipment. I had two turntables in the mix. I just never really used them. So, uh, I just feel like seeing the satisfaction of knowing that people agree with the atmosphere that you're trying to create while you're DJing. Like when I'm in a club and I'm DJing, I'm seeing people, you know, bouncing along with me, they turned up too. Like I get a satisfaction out of that. Cause it's just like, it's, it's just something that's, is like a taste in music is one of the most impressive things you can, uh, show people. And I just showing people that my vast knowledge of music, it shows that I'm passionate about music. That I'm not just somebody doing it. You know what I'm saying? I like doing that. I get a satisfaction right. out of that. So being able to continue right. to do that over the years and adapting to every uh, generational change, you know, and it's been a lot since we've been in college. You know what I'm saying? That, that, has, that has happened that, you know, I just had to adapt to. And I love that I've been able to adapt to it because, if you know your music, you know your music. The test of time will be able to tell. I mean, that's why you see people like Timberland, for real. Even Lil right, John, like Lil right. John's getting residencies out in Vegas off being a, a a DJ. You know that, like that's his first love. So it's just crazy to see like people do it, and I know that I can do it too. I'm gonna, I want to say this and be on the record. Denzel can actually rap. I just want to say that on record. I've been trying to get Denzel to get back in the booth for a minute. Man. I've been trying to get Denzel to get back at it for a minute. I'm like, bro, I need a mixtape. I need something. Something, man. Um, it's, it'll come soon, man. What's the uh, what's the craziest party you've been to? Or DJ, rather. Ah, man, it's been so many crazy parties. So many crazy parties. I think the craziest party, though, now that I can think about it, is this one, this one instance. This girl lost her phone, and she wanted me to make an announcement like, yo, I lost my phone, but I was like, we don't have a mic. And so she gets mad, and she starts to unplug the equipment so the music stops and i'm like yo you tripping man people will start throwing <laughs> stuff at that girl till she got out of the party bro what yeah, that's the craziest party i ever like come on brother who has the balls to come oh, to the dj and start man. unplugging stuff crazy how many people were at the party 
Uh, it was a packed house party, so it was probably like a good 150 people that's booing you till wow. you get out. Damn. <laughs> oh, my God. Crazy. What was, what was like your biggest stage, like that you just stood there and you're like, wow, like, is this really my life? Like, tell me that experience. I know you had that moment before. Uh, I think that moment was uh, in London when we were doing the Wildest Festival. We had the main stage, and it looks like people were just going all the way back. We shared that stage with Drake, uh, Lil Uzi, and a few other people. But, I mean, like, just being able to see people, like, all the way back, 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 back. Being in arenas, you know what I'm saying, just seeing that stuff, being on TV, like, that's crazy. When we were on the Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel show, I think that's, like, the biggest awe moment. Like, it's one Bro, thing. tell me about that. Like, people, wait, people need to hear this, dog. Yeah. I, let me tell you about something. Denzel is a very humble cat. Like, he doesn't brag about what he does, but that's why I'm here. I'm going to brag about you. <laughs> Denzel has done so much in the music industry. How old are you, by? Like, what, 27, 26? 20, 28. 28. Yeah. So he's not even 30 yet. And he shared the same stage as Drake. He's been on the, on, the, on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Like how, how in the hell did that happen? Uh, well, you know, being with Cardi, we had that hit record Magnolia, uh, going pretty heavy last year. And it just really caught a fire behind it. And, you know, he has an amazing team behind him that's, you know, able to put him in the right directions and being able to pick up that, uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, performance was amazing. So, uh, you know, they lined that up, of course. But, I mean, just being on that stage, it's one thing to be on stage in front of, you know, thousands of people, you know, but it's another thing to be in front of, on a screen that's in front of millions of people and uh, it's live. That's just a different experience. Like, I can say I was a part of late night, the late night culture. I've experienced that. So, wow. it's amazing. It's, it's a blessing. Cause, uh, I mean, I mean, even Donna Rell can tell you back then when we was in his room and his brother used to knock the door in when we used to be recording, <laughs> man, I still laugh about that, man. But you know, you couldn't tell us that the success that we wanted wasn't tangible. We honestly believe the things that we wanted to do, we could get them. And I think that's just something that stuck with me for so long. And even now, just being able to support myself as a college dropout, but being able to have the determination to believe in my dreams, even after having people laugh at you, denying you, people trying to keep you out of, you know, situations and stuff like that, but just being able to persevere and continue going. I mean, it takes a lot, but I know that this is what my life is supposed to be. And not too many people figure it out that soon. You know what I'm saying? We have people like, uh, some of the greatest success stories like Oprah, uh, Bill Gates, like so many people haven't then just up and get their first success, like when they first started doing it. And I mean, even with me, like I went through a bunch of stuff myself, but it's just like being able to persevere and keep going and then having a supportive uh, base and foundation under you as well. Because I mean, if you got somebody that can hold you up when you're a bit down, that's all that it takes. So tell us about that. Tell us about your lowest point, tell us about a time where, and it may have not been for long, but you thought about maybe giving up. Uh, I can just remember, uh, you know, probably 
three to four years ago, I just felt like the uh, I felt like I wasn't going anywhere with it. Uh, I felt like you know politics was really counting me out. It was a generational you know change. You know, like I said, you know, like when we went from mixtapes to like now, people just don't really need DJs. You can go straight to Apple and Spotify. And it was just one of the moments I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. You know, I wasn't happy with where I wanted to be, and I felt like I hit a plateau. And maybe I have, I maybe I did at that moment. But, you know, just being able to step back and regroup when I think about quitting, because I'm like, man, I done came this far. There's so many people that tell me, you know, they look up to me and just not to the point where, like, they idolize me, but just being able to say, man, he did it. I can do it, too. I mean, it's so many times that I listen to Kanye's last call and hearing Bruh. all the stuff he Bruh. went through. Put a pin in that, dog. Put a yeah, pin in man. that. You know Kanye's last call is like 12 minutes long. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite, yeah. favorite um, tracks that Kanye yeah. has ever released when he yeah. tells his story about how he was counted out and how he yeah. got the deal with Rockefeller. Yeah. Bruh, I, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I've listened to that so many times when I've had a moment where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm yeah. sick of this shit. I want to stop. You get tired. You just, you just like, man, forget all of it. And I know, Donnarell, I know you've had a lot of those experiences too. And then you, you pick up those tracks. Oh yeah. And then you listen to them, and it, they get you through that moment. They get you through that moment, man. Yeah. For so, real. any, you've worked with a lot of different artists. You've seen a lot of different. You know, you've seen how music, hip hop, has changed from when we were in college. It was, you know, Kendrick had just started to come out and just started to blow up. Big yeah. Sean had just got on the scene really heavy. Now we got people like um, Lil Zen or, you know, Lil, yeah. Lil Yachty. And, yeah. Cardi, obviously. Yeah, you know? Cardi, obviously. Yeah. How have you seen music evolve? Uh, it's crazy that I, I nowadays I look back at the uh, influence of music, actually. And... Uh, I noticed things like, for example, I always use Bad Baby as a uh, as a example because it's like she came off from a show that was she was seemed to be a problem, but now you can look at her now, and I mean like, of course, off rip we like, oh, it's just another white girl, she doing this, then the third, but you have to think about it. I mean like, I mean her story may be a little messed up, but this girl is really passionate about her music and she has a few bops, you know what I'm saying? Like just to see somebody put that, 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 that type of work behind them that makes them want to change their life is, is amazing to see like people look at music in a different light than others, but they're still passionate. You know what I'm saying? They, these kids may not seem to be as passionate as the artists that we grew up off of, but we have to also think about the influence that those artists made. They are the product of them. Like, look at Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne made a very, very big impact on the hip-hop scene, and so did T-Pain. So did producers like, let's say, Just Blaze. You know what I'm saying? An artist that, I mean, a producer that I yeah. consider better than Kanye. They made such uh impact to the music that was already culturally influenced enough as it is and took it to another level. And I mean like people like now, you have to think about it. Like they they're making those impacts too. So you have the ASAP Rockies, 
and uh, how he impacts the the uh, fashion world just with his music saying, I'm so fly, I'm so cool, look at how I dress, you can do this too, you know what I'm saying? And kids like, okay, cool, I'm going to go buy this too. And now it's starting to make yeah. an impact on the uh, the market, the business side of things. People are buying things that's not music. We're buying shirts now. Like you see how the whole uh, Travis Scott package went out. That's a great marketing scheme that his team yeah, came Travis up with. Travis Scott, mm-hmm. he, Travis Scott killing the shoe game. Man, man, yeah, he um he partnered with uh with Jordan. Yeah, and he has a couple couple a few Jordans. Yeah, he, he he's done a lot. And you if you notice like. I, you know, honestly, I, I mentioned Kanye in, in the last episode, but people can hate on Kanye all they want to. But rap artists weren't getting royalties from shoe deals. Rap mm-hmm. artists weren't even really partnering with with um, major yeah, yeah, with companies like yeah, that. Yeah, they weren't doing that yeah. until yeah. Kanye really broke the mold for that. They, like Kendrick's had issue with Reebok and you got mm-hmm. Travis Scott. You yeah. had, you know, obviously you had, you know, Jay-Z and G-Unit, but nobody took it to the level that Kanye did as far yeah. as artists collabing with you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Uh, I honestly like, what's my, next with DJ Black Boy? I really want to uh, be a bigger producer than I am now. Uh, that's just, I feel like I'll get more freedom. And I feel like that's the, mo- that's the most important thing that we fight for in the music industry is your freedom. And I mean that not in the sense of like, oh, we being slaves, like nothing that deep. It's just like when you get into deals and you start to notice like how much of your masters you don't own, you know what I'm saying? How much of this you don't own, how much you owe back, all that stuff. Like you want to just make music. And I feel like it hinders you when you're thinking, man, I need to make this album hard because if it be hard, I can pay them back. But if not, I got to make another album. I'm going to be under them again. I'm losing a lot of money. Like, just to hear a lot of people missing out on stream money, I'm like, that's crazy. Like, that's the main way you're making your money. Like, people are going to Apple saying, I want to hear this song, I want to hear this song, on repeat, repeat, repeat. Like, you're missing that. You can't get none of that because the label takes that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely want to get to a, a point where I'm a little bit more free. I want to be, because uh, I mean, like, if you're just out here producing, like, you'd be like the guys like Brian Michael Cox, uh, KP, just sitting in your... uh your house, you know, setting up your own gig, you know what I'm saying? Not having to owe anything back to nobody, but being able to also still give back to those who want to do the same thing you're doing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah so speaking of uh, Beacocks, because I love Beacocks, like, yeah. he, that dude, he's so damn cool, man. Like, yeah. But who's your, who would you say is your top, like, what's your top five, you know, like, producers of all time? Uh, Just Blaze is my number one. We have a debate about this. Yeah, just Blaze. Who's your number one? Just Blaze. Number okay. two is Kanye. Three is Pharrell. Four is Timbaland. Five is uh is uh Zaytoven. And 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 I say Zaytoven with the hard five because that what that man do on the keys, bruh, he's crazy with it. Yeah, it's crazy. Really- he really like the trap Beethoven. Yeah, for real. yeah, he know he know his stuff for real. Like he killed us. Yeah, we was talking about that earlier. Yeah. I mean, I think my top five would be B Cox, um, Timberland. Not in any type of order, but yeah. B Cox, Timberland, Pharrell, Kanye, and I gotta say Dr. Dre, man. Like yeah. people yeah. forget, bro. If you yeah. think about rap music and like 
Dr. Dre took rap music to another level. Yeah. Because, I sure. mean, especially gangster rap music, you mm-hmm. know, and then, I mean, he hasn't put out a lot lately, but just all the music and the content, he, I mean, he pretty much birthed the L.A. music scene. Oh, yeah, definitely. If I had to name my top five, Kanye, like I said, not in any order, Kanye, Pharrell, I'd have to say Ninth Wonder. I think he's one of the unsung heroes. Yeah, Ninth Wonder would be an honorable mention for me. Ninth Wonder. Hmm. Two more. Just Blaze, man. Yeah, I put Just Blaze in there for sure. Yeah. And then I'm going to just throw a name in the hat that, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to throw Big Crit out there too. Like, Crit, like. Definitely can't sleep on Crit. He hasn't done as much as some other artists, but his catalog is ridiculous. Crit's catalog is ridiculous. Ridiculous, yeah, and that's just because I'm I'm biased. I ain't gonna even yeah. lie to you. I'm biased, um, but yeah, between you know, I, I like southern music too. So to hear you know, hear like Knife Wonder, mm-hmm. his story is it, mm-hmm. crazy. Have you ever heard his story? Nah, I haven't. It's on. Yeah, you should check it. I, I don't even know how to like. It's on. It's still on it's there. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. But I forgot the title of it. It's easy to find. But he tells pretty much like how Jay Z discovered him. It's crazy, bro. Like it's okay. Six I'm degrees of separation, out. dog. Kind of how like how you got your yeah you got your um your big break yeah. with you know with Saha. It yeah. was the same thing with Nights. Like it happened. It was just it was it the, when the stars aligned. Exactly. And I talk about that on the show, bro. Like when the stars align for you in your life, when you put in so much work and you haven't given up, mm. when the stars align, nothing can stop you. Exactly. When the stars are just in order, I don't care who tried, nothing can stop you because at that point it's ordained. It's it's made it's made for you. Exactly. All you gotta do is continue to do what you've been doing. Exactly. And so when you have moments like you did where you wanted to give up, mm-hmm. you knew you wasn't gonna give up because you put too much work in this. Yeah. You put you had too much blood, sweat, and tears into the game to to walk away from it. Exactly, I put you too just much had to figure it. it out. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I know you've had had a lot of artists hit you up, probably hate on you and be like, "Why you ain't put me on?" Da 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 da. Like you know, please tell us. <laughs> you got to give me some of that, bro. Tell me, I, I talk to your haters real quick, man. <laughs> You know, back in the day, man, I used to want to give a lot. And, and sometimes I still feel as if I have to. Because, I mean, like, you know, people going to try you. That's just how life is. People going to try you. And sometimes it's necessary to have to put people, you know, in a place. I mean, that's just how I feel. That's how justice for me is. You know, that's how it works. You come to me a certain type of way, you have to you have to give them that same energy to let them know you're not a pushover. Because people are going to push you as far as you let them. So, and that's just been the story of my life. And I don't like to be bullied, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm definitely defensive at times when it's necessary. So, you know, anybody that's hating on me now, back then, I'm going to definitely tell them about this And even now, I still tell you about yourself. But for the most part, I just always encourage people like, yo, bro, you can be better than me. If you feel like you're better than me, show them that you're better than me. Show the world that you're better than me. Like Jay-Z said, if you say you may hold, make another one. So it's like, I feel like, bro, if you think you, if you're better than me, say you're better. Do to be better than me. Don't worry about what I'm doing. There you go. That's real. That's real. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have to the college DJ that's trying to make it, that really wants to pursue something like this, and they don't know how to do it? What advice can you give to that guy or oh, girl? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I always say females too. Go with what you feel. You know what I'm saying? Because what's destined for you. It's going to be there for you, no matter 
how much it, you may not know about it because you can learn about it. You can learn more about it. I didn't know how to DJ. I taught myself, you know, and I feel like that's just how things play out for you. Like you said, when the stars are and the planets are aligned, ain't nothing that can stop you. And that's what you have to do. If you feel in your heart that, man, I need to, I need to drop out of this school tomorrow, do that. Because at the end of the day, you can't be living down late in the road, you know, wondering what ifs and woulda, coulda, shouldas, you know. It's not going to do nothing for you. So make your decisions now while you can. Because once it's later on, I've seen so many people that just get, especially black people that get into these these situations where they like, man, I got to I gotta do this. I got to go to work. I can't do this because, you know, they don't really believe in anything else for them. So just stick. That's real. Just that's stick real. with what you want to do and go where your heart say go. Cause that's what I do. That's real. So you've been all over the world. Yeah. What are, and I'm we're about to wrap up. What are some of the countries that you've been to as a DJ? Where, where has this path taken you uh, abroad? Man, I've been to Europe. I've been like, I've been to some area. I've been to France. I've been to Netherlands. I've been to uh, Austria. I've been like all over circuit cities in Europe. I've uh, been to Sydney in Australia. I've been to Shanghai. I've been as uh, far as north as uh, Alaska. Been to the Caribbean. Been to Hawaii. Been to Mexico. I just haven't been to uh, anywhere in Russia, anywhere in uh, anywhere in Africa, and anywhere in uh, South America yet. But it's coming soon. So that's what's up, man. How does the world respond to our music abroad, and how has that changed your perspective? Uh, they have a connection to our music because I mean, like people around the world are just. I feel like we find our identity faster than the rest of the world because, I mean, like, we are the main hub of everything that's culturally, you know, re relevant at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nowhere right. in the world you can go. And I think about it, I'd be like, you know, you can see somebody that's probably in orchestra, never heard a rap song in their life, but they know who Cardi B is. Cause that's just how influential her, her impact is. They know it. You know it. You know who Drake is. They know somebody. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's just right. Michael Jackson, you know yeah. somebody. Oh yeah, they gonna know Mike. Yeah, that's sure. real, bro. Um, that's about it, man. Is there anything else you want to tell us? Anything? Any last words? Actually, tell us. You know where to find you. How people can get connected with you. Tell them where your Instagram is so they can follow you. He, his Instagram page is lit, y'all. He always posts videos about, you know, his concerts, how he rocks the crowd. Like, just, you know, he's he's a very raw, passionate, good dude, man. Good Southern Southern guy. I don't yeah. know if he's single, but if he is, ladies, <laughs> holler at him. His inbox, his, DM, his DMs is open for business. Now, nah, tell them when they can reach you at, bro. Nah, I appreciate that, man. Uh, go to www.djblackboy.net. That's uh, djblakboy.net. Uh, my social media is the uh, same way, DJ Black Boy. Uh, everything you need, everything you want to see, it's all on that stuff. I got an event coming up on April 11th. It's my first event. Uh, it's going to be called DJ Black Boy's Blacklist Party. Uh, Y'all are welcome to 
come. I'm going to be pushing out uh, tickets soon. I just finished signing up all my artists that are going to be performing there. So, you know, I'm doing this my first time doing an event this by myself, but I'm really excited. It's going in the right direction and everything's going to work out pretty good, man. So, yeah. And where this, is it at? Because be a lot at, of my followers are. Go ahead. No, it's going to be at uh, the basement, um, East Atlanta Village, uh, right under. Okay, cool. Because a lot of our listeners are actually in Atlanta. So okay. there there are people in Atlanta that listen to to our podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah, just uh, it's under the uh, the graveyard, the graveyard uh, bar. Okay, cool. So what we'll do is I'll make sure I include all of your information in the show notes. Okay. And um, we'll go from there, man. Okay, um, that cool. that wraps it up, man. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Dope. And that signs out. That's Econics Talks, man. Y'all have a good one. Thanks. Peace.